0: women are such we're such martyrs that we've got to do it all and it's got to be perfect and i have to do this and my friends doing that no automate 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 your life will be better for it who cares if your friend's chopping her own vegetables good for her
1: you're listening to mom after hours a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom for real we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo and don't you worry mama we save the soup for you Hey girl. Hey, it's Brandy Weitrack, host of Mom After Hours. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you are a subscriber, thanks for hanging out with me again today, mama. Today I'm talking with Rosanna Berardi. Oh my gosh, she was such a breath of fresh air and she knows her stuff. She is a lawyer, a mother, and an entrepreneur. She built her immigration law firm from her home apartment to a multi-million dollar company in 15 short years. She's a sought-after speaker and she's been featured in Forbes the Los Angeles Times, Politico, and the National Post. And she's a professor at SUNY Buffalo School of Law. And dang, the list goes on. She is a CEO of Highwire Woman, a consulting firm that provides systems and solutions to working women, which I think we all need some help in that department. We have so many things on our plate that we are expected to do Regularly, it includes all those subconscious things, like okay, remembering to pick up the kids' snacks and make the doctor's appointments and replace Johnny's this and that and put a new set of clothes in the diaper bag for you know your toddler. And we have never-ending to-do lists, and our world is so fast-paced that if we just stand still, it seems like we're just going to crumble under it all. So today, Rosanna, she is going to give us some awesome tips on kind of how to keep it all together, how to talk to your work for accommodation during this time when you might be helping your child with their remote learning. She also helps us to figure out how to freaking make all those damn meals, how to make it easier. I don't know about you, but it is such a pain in the ass cooking me every single day and trying to come up with different ideas of what to cook because I mean I could eat grilled chicken and rice every day but my husband kids mm, not so much. She covers a lot of tips today and her enthusiasm is infectious. I know you will love her. Let's jump in. Thank you so much for making time to chat with me today, Rosanna. I know you're an extremely busy and ambitious mama who's a lawyer and entrepreneur <laughs> and queen of the household, and it seems like you literally do it all. And that's the main reason why I have you on the show today, because our listeners and I need to learn your ways. Before you show us how you know to stay sane and get shit done, I'm curious to know, What did early motherhood look like for you? Were you
0: practicing law at that time? I was. So early motherhood for me was a complete disaster. And (laughs) it pains me to say that because, you know, all I've ever wanted really was to be a mom. And so I was, you know, I I got married later in life. I was 33 in the middle of my law career, um, working at a really big law firm and decided while I was pregnant, well, that's really not for me. I'm going to start my own firm. So the same year that I got married, had a baby, I started my business, we built the house and you know, I was in my thirties. I was used to whining and dining and going out to dinner with friends. And all of a sudden I had this baby who I wanted so badly and loved so dearly, but he was colicky and he didn't sleep for like two years.
1: Oh, that's rough. That's not me at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He had some food allergies that we didn't know about. And, you know, it was really a rough road. And I was, I started the business. I was trying to be super mom. I was sleep deprived. It was a very ugly scenario. So you said that you actually decided to start your practice when you were
1: pregnant? Or were you, damn girl. (laughs) Now that's ambition. I, when I was pregnant, I'm just like, I'm going to sit down and eat my bonbons and send my husband to the store to get ice cream. Like I was not thinking like that high, that high level. So that's crazy. That's just crazy.
0: Well, I'll tell you, there was a method to my madness. I was working at the largest law firm here in Buffalo with, you know, 200 plus lawyers and every woman that worked there, their lives was—they're just a complete disaster. Like they said they were family friendly, but they weren't. And I was like, how am I going to have a baby and have any semblance of a life with him? Um, you know, and and my husband and I wanted to raise him in a way in which, you know, we were a meaningful part of his life and not reliant on a nanny 24 hours a day. So I thought, you know, if I start my own firm, I can work when I want to still be with him and and plan things around him. So it was an insane move, but I don't regret it because although it was incredibly hard, incredibly hard, it's still incredibly hard 15 years later, I've gotten so much time with him. And now he's a, a freshman in high school and He's never home and he doesn't want to hang out with me. And I'm so glad that, you know, I I spent all those early days with him and, and put my career, not really aside, but aside in a way that made sense for me
1: i can totally relate to the freshman feeling i have a well i have a stepson who's a sophomore that i've known since he's about nine years old and i'm like man i'm really glad i'm really glad that i got to know him really well then because he too is at that age where he's just he just wants snapchat and tiktok (laughs) or whatever the heck all the damn social medias and you know mom and dad are annoying and get out of my face i just want to talk to my friends and we're like come downstairs hang out with us and and some days you know i i work part-time from home And, but I also watch my toddler. And sometimes I'm like, man, I just need to get her in daycare full time. I just want to focus on my job. And my husband kind of puts me in check. And he's like, babe, these years are going to fly by so fast. You've got to really enjoy it. And we've got to, you know, we're blessed that I can work part time so I can spend more time with her. But he's like, you're going to regret it if you you know, if you don't spend this time with her, because, you know, you know, it flies mm-hmm. by so damn fast. You feel like you're, sure. you know, your new mom yesterday. And now, you know, you're yes. 15 years in and you've got a freaking freshman
0: in high school. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and, you know, it's, it's so funny. There's that, there's that saying that the days are long, but the years are short, you know, the, the days feel endless, the years go by in the blink of an eye. And that's so true, especially the early years of having kids, man, that is rough stuff. And, and it's hard to not wish it away when, when you're career oriented. You're like, oh, it'll just be better when he takes a nap or it'll just be better when he could feed himself or his potty train. Like it's very easy to wish all that away. But then once it's gone... You're like oh it's gone they don't need me anymore and it's kind of sad it is
1: sad so so early working motherhood so it was a little bit different because you were like starting your business at the same time while you know trying to take care of a little baby how did mm-hmm. working motherhood look for you then and how does it look for you now
0: boy talk about just a total 180 so back then um you know i was trying to be super mom because there's so much pressure, right? From the minute the kid comes out of the womb, you have to breastfeed him, and you've got to make homemade baby food and it should be plant-based. And you, know, you should put them on tummy time and you should teach them sign language. Like when you think about all of the things that new moms are supposed to do, it's insane. Like whoever comes up with this stuff, just stop. Like we don't need to teach baby sign language. <laughs> You know? No.
1: <laughs> and if you like, did, then that's great. But that it's right. I, yeah. I agree with you. There's so many things out there that they throw on us. Like your kid, your kid's not doing this. Well, they should have right. been doing this three months ago. And yes. yeah, it's yes.
0: so at the beginning, you know, I'm a type a perfectionist and I wanted this to be, I wanted to be the perfect mom to the perfect baby. And I really struggled the first year or two with not being able to be perfect. I wasn't able to breastfeed. He was colicky, he had food allergies, he had eczema. I'm like, oh my God, I'm failing as a mom. And now if you fast forward to the way I parent today, I've realized that we don't have to do all these things. So many of the things that we have to do are self-imposed and frankly, they're not good for us or our kids. And I've learned how to delegate like there's no one's business in terms of, I'm just gonna work at my highest level. I'm gonna do the things I like to enjoy and I'm going to figure out to get the stuff that I don't want to do done, you know, and either by ignoring it or having someone else handle it or being creative about it. So, you know, there's all this pressure all the time of what you should be doing, but I've really tried to, to stomp away the shoulds. And and I always think, you know, there's that ridiculous carnival game called whack-a-mole where you're like always, you know, you, they give you like this sledge and you're trying to whack the little mole that's coming up from the hole. And I always think about like, Those are all the things that society wants us to do. Like you should do this. You should do that. You should teach them sign language. They should sleep through the night. The minute they come out of womb. No, no, no. I'm not subscribing to any of that because it's going to make me and my kid crazy.
1: Thank you. Clapping over here. Clapping. (laughs) Yes. So you, so you, you've been a business owner for a while. Your son is, you know, getting up there in the years so have do you feel
0: like you've gotten it figured out well you know i'd like to think i'm a work in progress but i do i've i've learned a lot over the years and you know currently in my law firm i have four attorneys and they're all female and young moms and i give them a lot of practical advice and they are so appreciative because You know, it's silly things like I used to worry about being away from my son for more than a couple hours because he would miss me too much. And now I tell my younger lawyers, listen, kids don't have any concept of time, Like they don't know if you're gone for one hour or a day. So get that burden out of your mind where you're like, oh my God, I need to be home. I'm a bad mom because I used to do that to myself and there's no reason for it. My son is perfectly well adjusted, you know, and, and we put these artificial measures. So I'd like to think I'm not perfect, but I've certainly learned how to get through some of the noise of motherhood and making it more enjoyable and realistic for people.
1: Which is why I'm so, so happy you're here. Do <laughs> so you have lots of hacks and tips to share that you've learned over the years, juggling life with children while working, running a household, growing a business. So today we're going to pick your brain about those heavy hitter mamas struggle with. So I'm going to start with the biggest problem of all right now, and that is remote learning. So- uh. Most of us mamas (laughs) did not sign up for remote learning or homeschooling, any of that. You know, we kind of left that to the professionals. Working mamas are really struggling. Stay-at-home mamas are struggling. Every damn mama with kids is struggling. How do we manage? How do we cope with
0: this remote learning? So remote learning is a disaster. Let's call it what it is. Um, Nobody signed up for this. Nobody intended for this to be long-term. I mean, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all okay with it, thinking it was going to be a couple weeks and we could do anything for a couple of weeks, but now here we are in a brand new school year and there's no end in sight. So, so what I recommend for remote learning is that you've got to shift your mindset in terms of how to handle it and how to still perform your job because most of us have kids that are at home that are doing remote learning, but we still are holding our jobs as well. So um, what I tell a lot of my clients, and friends and family members looking for advice is you've got to have a conversation with your boss about what your workday needs to look like and this artificial concept of nine to five like does it really need to be nine to five i mean can you realistically say to your employer i'm working from home and you know there's going to be a three-hour window whether it's you know one to three or 9 to 12 or what have you that i'm not going to be online but i will make those hours up either in the evening or in the morning because i'm trying to accommodate the remote learning you've got to have that conversation because if you don't and you try to mimic what you normally do in a workday it's not going to work your kids doesn't matter if your kids are six or if they're 16. if you're there they're going to lean in and ask you something, whether it's what's for lunch, or my computer is not working, or what does this mean, or I'm tired and bored. If you're there, there's no way. I mean, unless you're just going to lock yourself in a padded room. Yeah, um, the kids are going to come out. <laughs> Which you, sometimes so. we wish we could, but <laughs> absolutely. So if you're able to have that frank conversation, and and you know, I'm an employer. I work with my employees all the time. Of hey, what works for your life, like. In my industry, you know, there are a lot of things that it, it, they don't need to be done in the traditional work hours. You know, can you write a petition at night or in the morning hours or whatever, but to just reframe the expectation of being on or conversely having, you know, on-call hours where from one to three, I yeah. can take calls, I can do emails. Like th- these are my on-call hours. I think that's super helpful to just frame it. And it takes the weight of the world off your shoulders when you know, like you're not trying to be like, oh my God, I'm trying to do everything. And I'm not doing anything well. At least you've got a framework to start with.
1: Exactly. The more transparent you are, and if you're vocal about, hey, I'm gonna need a little bit, Of time away from work during these, you know, next couple months or whatever, I feel like then they can provide solutions, you know, but if you just expect that you're going to continue carrying on the way you have when you actually had childcare or your kids were in school or whatever the case may be, you're gonna freaking burn yourself into the ground. So I I definitely second that, having a conversation with your boss. And you know how millennial, well, you work with millennials. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like afraid to be on the phone, it seems. So I want you to put out there, if they wanna navigate this conversation with the boss, it's important to pick up the phone for this kind of conversation, right? Or is it okay to just send an email and say, hey, I have some thoughts that I need to share with you?
0: Well, so I think the phone piece is critical. And whether you send an email beforehand saying, hey, can we talk tomorrow at 11? Here's what I'm thinking. Um, Or you send the email after saying, thanks for listening. Here's how I think this best works for both of us. I think it's important to have that call. There are certain things that you can express over email or text I know that sounds horrible, but there are certain things that are better left for a conversation in which you can explain to your boss, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm committed to my work, but I have a remote learner in the world that I can't ignore. And this is what I propose. And here's how I think it will work. You need to approach it as you're solving a problem, right? The last thing your boss wants, the last thing I want as an employer is more problems. But if somebody comes to me with, hey, here's this issue and here's my proposed solution. Now I'm more open to it saying, okay, well, why not? Let's just see how this goes. And if we have to tweak it, we will. But this is definitely something that you should either do in person or through the phone.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I had to bring that up because I've seen some letters <laughs> and stuff online w- w- where, I mean, I don't want to judge mom because you got to do what you got to do. We all have different skill sets and comfort levels and whatever, but some of them are just sending like this very long ranted email, which I know we're all f- really frustrated, but I'm like, dude, you'll get more. What is it? You track yeah. more bees with honey. I'm like, you just have the phone call, send the email first and outline what you want to talk about or send it post phone call. Cause I know sometimes it's harder to get the words out over the phone and you're, right. it's nice to have that email follow-up or sent beforehand. So you can kind of have everything that maybe you didn't say maybe properly or however you just, you want to make sure that that's down on paper too. And yeah, just to kind of compile your thoughts before you talk with them too, so that hopefully you will get all of your accommodations or whatnot.
0: Sure, for sure.
1: So another issue mamas have, I feel like we're always making the fucking decisions on everything. (laughs) And a big one is what the hell do you cook every day oh. and then and there's the actual cooking part which is not my favorite but you know I live with it and my husband tolerates it so that's good um is there a way out of this or how did you improve <laughs> this major task in your home
0: so i've tried a lot of different ways to solve that problem and to me it's like the bane of my existence right and you know it's like we just ate dinner yesterday. Why do we have to eat dinner every single day, right? Like, can we just mm-hmm. skip a few days in between? Yes. So, I've tried it a bunch of ways. I've tried the meal service kits, you know, like the Hello Fresh or one Hello Sunshine, where, you know, they send you everything and you put it together. I'm personally not a fan because those tend to take a long time. Um, I've tried other meal services where they deliver meals to you. Eh, not crazy of that. What I have found to work is to drill it down and make it so easy. So here's an example. So once a week I get a rotisserie chicken right now, whether you like chicken or not. Okay. It's six bucks. It's cooked. You can do a lot of things with that rotisserie chicken. So I'll give you an example. So one week I'll get a rotisserie chicken and I'll slice up the chicken and we'll make chicken sandwiches, you know, with like lettuce and tomato and, you know, get some cut up fruit and there's a meal with the remaining rotisserie chicken, then I'll make some soup. And all you have to do is just throw the whole carcass in with some broth and some vegetables and some pasta. And of course, all the vegetables are pre-cut because I'm not doing any of that peeling. <laughs> too.
1: I'll even but, pay extra, even if just for them to spend that extra four minutes on absolutely. cutting and prepping
0: all that. Absolutely. So then you've got a pot of soup, right? And then you can have soup and a sandwich. I try to like repurpose things like that or... You know, I'll cook a whole bunch of ground beef up and, you know, we'll have tacos one night or we'll just put it on top of salad the next night. Just really super simple things. I keep telling people, get out of the mindset. You are not Julia Child. You know, all of these great shows on Food Network, that's for another time. Like right now, we're in survival mode. Pasta is the easiest, quickest thing you can cook. It's cheap. Um, Rotisserie chicken, tacos. As many pre-cut things as you can get, I think they're worth the extra money because for me, time is money. And like yesterday, I bought a meatloaf from the local grocery store. I had to put it in the oven for an hour, threw in some potatoes. We had baked potatoes, boom. Like we're not eating gourmet fancy meals, but they're meals that don't require a ton of prep. And for me, more importantly, a ton of cleanup. I hate cleaning up dishes. I hate it. Me too. Me too. Um, so I try to do things that I can get in and out quickly. And do I spend a couple extra bucks on the prep stuff? I do. But I know myself, I'm not going to debone a chicken or pound it out thinly or, you know, slice up my own pineapple. I know I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> to me, the extra couple bucks is worth it.
1: No, I agree. And I think I we've definitely been living on pasta and rice these last couple of months, hence probably why I have the quarantine fifteen. But <laughs> you know what? I'm all about convenience right now. I probably should focus a little bit more on my health, but I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do too much. So whatever right. will pretty much cook itself, that's what we're eating. We're yes, <laughs> sure. pre-cooked and heating it up. So yeah, this sure. year has been just crazy. It's been a clusterfuck. Do you have any other life hacks that you could share to help ease the burden of 2020?
0: Yeah, definitely automate, automate, automate your life. And when I say that, what does that mean? So we're lucky. We live in a time where you can get a lot of things delivered and picked up for you. That's the way that we live. And when I think about like my mom's generation, she had to do everything herself. It was a nightmare. So You know, I'm a huge fan of grocery delivery service. So in our area, we've got Instacart um, where you, you know, order all your stuff online and they just deliver it to you. Now, before COVID, they would actually bring it in your kitchen, which was amazing. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. And, And in our area, so Instacart, you can get groceries from like, I don't know, eight or 10 stores. And like Amazon Prime, there's a membership fee. That you pay annually. And, you know, the prices are marked up a little bit. But for me, I calculate that I save at least two hours a weekend by not going into the grocery store. And I will argue all day long, because I'm a lawyer, that I spend less money because I'm not impulse shopping. Um, I'm not seeing the new cookies that they have, you know, on the end yeah. or the bread that they're giving out that tastes amazing. So, you know, people say to me, well, don't you like? Don't you wanna pick your own tomatoes? No, I don't care just get me a tomato. It does not have to be perfect. I don't care and I've let that go. To me, I'm not gonna spend, you know, two plus hours on a Saturday by the time I drive there, get the groceries, drive home, put them away to make sure I've got the perfect tomato. I just don't care enough. So, you know, automate things like that. Automate your dry cleaning. If there are services that drop off, pick up, automate that put all your bills on auto pay, right? Like these are things that seem really obvious and just a few, you know, minutes of of time here and there. But collectively, the more you can automate, those are all things you're not thinking about then, right? And then you can spend the little time that you have doing something that you enjoy or doing nothing, you know, relaxing and not, you know, having to scramble every weekend. But to do that, you've got to let some of your, You know, women are such, we are such martyrs that we've got to do it all. And it's got to be perfect. And I have to do this. And my friend's doing that. No, automate, automate, automate. Your life will be better for it. Who cares if your friend's chopping her own vegetables? Good for her.
1: You're not going to do that. You got to. Hey, anything that gives you more time, we need more time. And even whether you're going to use that time to work or sit in the bathtub and eat cookies, whatever. Moms need more time. So yes, I I second that. Automation is definitely the way to go. What what should we do to stay sane? So you obviously have tons on your plate new moms, young moms, moms of 2020 have a shit ton of stuff on their plate. What should we do to
0: kind of just stay sane? So it's absolutely necessary. And I hate to sound so preachy and say, oh, we have to do self-care because that's what everyone says. I like to call it, I call it a 20 minute treat. Okay. So for 20 minutes, you've got to carve out time, whether you like the mornings or the evenings or whenever, but you've got to spend 20 minutes doing something you like, whether that's taking a walk, listening to a podcast, scrolling on Instagram, you've got to do something that you want to do because if you spend your whole day doing things that you dislike, you're going to be a miserable human being. And let's be kind to ourselves. This is not the time, and I've never thought it was the time to obsess about every morsel of food we put in our bodies or walk 10,000 steps or drink our body weight and water. Yeah, we have to stay healthy, but reasonably healthy. Don't make yourself crazy. Because right now, think about this. Nobody is exactly where they want to be right now, right? This is a pandemic. People can't travel. People can't see families. Kids aren't in schools. Our jobs are uncertain. The economy's tanking. This is not good. This is not the time to try and be superwoman. This is the time to take 20 minutes for yourself, and just shut it out. Shut off the noise. If you like watching bad reality TV, God bless. <laughs> There's no judgment. Whatever makes you happy or makes you look forward to it, that's what you have to do. Now, I'll give you an example. Today, I have an action packed day. I've been, I'm booked solid back to back until about 7 p.m. And when 7 p.m. hits, I am going for a walk. That is my therapy. You know, I walk around my block a couple of times the air is getting crisper, it's getting darker earlier, but I need that. If I don't, if I don't do that, I feel like a caged up animal. And you know, when, when winter hits, okay, I can't do that. I'll do something else. But I have, like, I'm looking forward to that tonight. It's my end goal. Like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff today, but then at seven, I'm going to take a walk and chill for a little bit.
1: Yeah. To me, anytime you're outdoors, it def- definitely keeps things in perspective and sure. helps you shed the craziness of the day. And it's kind of like releasing all the, the madness. <laughs> <For>
0: <laughs> so, sure.
1: so you also like to read in your free time, because I saw that you recently read Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, and you wrote about giving up your should list and focusing on your blueprint. Can you explain a little bit about that concept and how it's helping you?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Glennon Doyle writes these really profound books about women and why we do what we do, right? And we're so programmed for what we're supposed to want in life, you know, especially you know, in the last couple decades, you know, it's been very traditional that you should get married and have a child and live in a house and, you know, have family over for dinner. And Glennon Doyle challenges us to stop subscribing to what people are telling us we should do and instead do what we want. And when I got to that chapter of the book, I was like, whoa, like I read it a couple times because think of how many decisions we've made in our lives personally, that really have been due to what society expects us to do, right? Um, From getting married to the wrong person to maybe having another child. Now, I'm the mom of one child. And, you know, that makes you a pariah on a certain level. You're only going to have one kid. How can you have one kid? The poor kid's going to be lonely. You're selfish, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That was the right decision for me. That's what the right decision for me and my husband, and we had to, it's hard to do. It's hard to draw those boundaries, but what Glennon Doyle encourages us all to do is put those shoulds aside enough. We are here for reasons that, you know, we should be leveraging what we want to do, what we're good at, what we enjoy. Why are we letting somebody else lead us down the road? Why are we following someone else's roadmap when we don't even want to go to where they're going, right? Yeah let's just you know create our own map and figure out our own journey and what that looks like and it's not one size fits all for everybody and i'm sure you know people out there that aren't married are getting the pressure why aren't you married or single moms they don't have spouses they just have children and people are like why don't you have a spouse and you know there's like there's so much noise in the world and it's just really shutting that down and being truer to yourself and thinking what do i want not Oh my God, I'm 32. My clock is ticking. I want to have a baby. And society's telling me if I don't do it now, you know, I'm screwed. You know, maybe have that baby on your own or, you know, go to a sperm bank or don't get involved in a bad marriage for the purpose of having a child. And, you know, I think there's a lot of women out there that have done that. And, you know, I think it's really, really profound and important to take a step back. You know, one thing we don't have right now, okay, we don't have time. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to actually think. We're inundated 24 hours a day with things dinging and buzzing and, you know, tagging us and Snapchatting and this and that, that we're just consuming content. And I'll argue a lot of it's crap. We're consuming content without thinking about like, why am I watching this video? of a cat chasing a vacuum. Like what, what am I doing? You know, yeah. what do I do with my time, what do I really want to do? You know, with this pandemic, this has given us a chance to pause and say, is this really where I want to be? Is this the job I want? Am I living in the right city? know, maybe I do want to move somewhere warmer or closer or further away from family, but give ourselves the ability to think we don't do that anymore. And, and it, it's really, really bad and it's dangerous.
1: It is. I know. It was so funny. I just had this conversation with someone earlier where I'm like, you just got to live life for you because there's millions of people. We all come from unique backgrounds, situations, traumas, experiences. And one answer for this person might not be the same for that person. And you've got to be okay with just creating your own path. It's like, you don't need to do a copy and paste. Fucking splays that path on your own.
0: For sure. A hundred percent. Yes.
1: So are you interested in starting a girl gang with me? Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm like we can get Glennon Doyle. You, I'm like man. I'm like we can do big things.
0: I'm telling you, that's what we need. We need those girl gangs in schools and talking to young girls. Yes, so pressured by all of these things that aren't necessary anymore. I mean, the world's our oyster. There's so many opportunities for women, and and it it just you know it's disturbing to me that we get stuck in other people's ideas of what's best for us rather than you know listening to your voice and and i know i'm sure you've experienced this we all have when you ignore your voice and you say oh well i'll do this instead it always comes back right comes back as a shitstorm. like your inner voice never lies to you but we often turn it off because it's not saying what we think it should be saying
1: yes man Hey, what, did you write a book yet? Because I think I think you could write a book, I'm like, you've, year, got, I mean, you've got you've got some awesome stories. <laughs> you've got the tips. You've got the motivation. I'm like you. You need to be like a Glenn and Doyle, where you're doing the little stints across America and just getting us energized. next year, my friend, you got good energy. Next year, <laughs> oh no, what? Damn, girl, what do you, you? Okay, so you've got your freaking practice, and you've yeah. got the website, the High Wire, where you do so yeah. many awesome things for women, and you're gonna be like what?
0: Well, you know, I'm always thinking like what the future looks like. And it's funny. I started High Wire Women in the middle of a pandemic because for years people have said to me, how the hell do you do all this? You should teach people. And during the pandemic, everything was so negative. I'm like, you know what? I need to do something positive for women. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show them how I do all these things. I'm going to show them life hacks, show them how to make things easier for them and I've had such a positive response. People absolutely love it. They love the content. And when I think about the future, I love speaking. Like to me, speaking in front of 600 people makes me excited. Like most people would throw up at the idea that I love media. I love speaking. And so I'd love to turn this into a platform further down the road, you know, speaking, doing a book tour, like all those cool things. That's um, awesome. Yeah, you, know, you definitely,
1: definitely got that energy and the drive and the story, and I would I I've totally enjoyed learning from you today.
0: Oh, thank you, I appreciate that.
1: So, where can our listeners find out more about you and how to rock motherhood
0: and all those awesome tips that you feature on your YouTube channel? So, the best place to find me and all my words of wisdom is www.highwirewoman.com, and it's woman singular. And I picked Highwire Woman as my business name because if you're a mom or a working woman, you know you are trying to balance on that high wire all day and not fall for the love of God. And boy, you know, during this pandemic, we've definitely shouldered a lot more in terms of what we carry each day. So, high wire woman, you know, we have a great YouTube channel with all kinds of videos, blogs, guest interviews. We've got lots of fun stuff planned for the last quarter of this year. And it's just really a forum to talk about, hey, You're not alone doing this, and there's a lot of ways to make it easier. So lean in, and you know, come to our community and find out more stuff.
1: Well, I I thought it was awesome. I spent I'm not even exaggerating like two hours on there the other day, Ah. just going through all the different YouTube videos,
0: and then I was going around reading them. Thank you. But really, my passion. I love I love being a working woman. It's tough. It is so much tougher than. I'm going to say it being a working man. I'm going to say it. Don't hate me, but I'm say <laughs> I don't hate you. I believe it. <laughs> We're all in this together and it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. And I was the queen of making it hard. So I like to think with age, I've I've become wiser and I'm happy to share what I do and learn stuff from people all day long as well. So thanks for having me. It's been amazingly fun.
1: Oh my gosh. Wasn't Rosanna so cool and so helpful. If you'd like to learn more about her or the high wire woman, check out momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. And if you're craving a little connection, laughter, and mama time, join me over on the gram at momafterhours. Until next time, mamas.